Do you want to feel happier? Do you want to feel more radiant and more alive? Or to go beyond alive and truly feel like you are thriving? That's what I'm here for. Helping you find that best you that you know is in there. It is. And you can start accessing that you today. It's possible. If you're ready for a shortcut to just that, let's work together. Reach out and let's work one-on-one -on -one to transform you and your life into happy, into thriving. Reach out to me and book a quick call. It's in the show notes and let's get you there. Are you really committed and ready? Then let's do it. Personally, I'm the happiest I've ever been thanks to all the practices that I've made a part of my life. You can be too. It is here for you. I promise. You can also access my course, The Youthfulness Hack, which is all about feeling good and getting radiant and all the things I do concentrated in one spot. Go there today and use code Amy15 for 15% off right now, only for listeners of this show. And if you are truly ready to have accountability and live happy, book a call with me today. The world needs your best. You deserve your best. Hello, and welcome to the Amy Edwards Show. I'm your host, Amy Edwards. I'm so thrilled that you're here. Uh, I, I, I am so grateful for the show that we're about to have today in the conversation. I don't know where it's going to go, but isn't that part of the beauty of life? We don't know where it's going to go, and that's kind of exactly what we're going to talk about today. Uh, welcome, and thank you for being here, because when you tune into this, this is all about finding that beautiful happiness that is accessible at any moment. And when you tune into this, you are doing yourself a service that's just going to snowball. And you are showing up in a way that shows the universe that you're here for it and ready for it. So, all right, there's my little soapbox for the day. <laughs> Bob's already that's, like tuning in. True. Yeah, it is all true. And today we're welcoming author Bob Peck. You're also a podcaster and Many, do you have a preferred title? Writer, filmmaker, meditator, filmmaker, lawnmower. Yes. <laughs> Father, Father, all of the above. Husband, yes. Yeah. And you have written a book, Original Sin is a Lie, How Spirituality Defies Dogma and Reveals Our True Self. So thank you for coming today, your Thanks fellow so us tonight. Yeah, um, so glad to be here. As I was reading this, I finished the book. And yay. I know, yay, is right. I loved, loved it. Um. As I was finishing it, I just as we were as we were sitting down, I was expressing gratitude because I'm getting choked up. I something really surprised me about this book. I I I read the whole thing, Bob, and I loved it. And I got to the very end, and I was really curious how you were going to end it, because I thought, oh, he's going to have a beautiful way of wrapping this all up. And I didn't expect it to hit me the way it did. I finished it this morning. Wow. I know. I was hustling. Uh, I, I read. <laughs> He's coming over at 1230. <laughs> That's right. So I finished it this morning and the very end is about forgiveness and sin. And it just really struck me. And after I set it down, I just started crying. I cried for about five minutes straight and I don't even really know why. You make me choke. <laughs> uh, it's just... It's beautiful because it's just about the bigger truths of life. And I didn't know how you were going to address sin and or just 
terrible acts in the world, you know? Yeah. And you brought up um, Dylan Roof, who uh, c- did the shooting in South Carolina at the church. Um, and I I know some women who are involved in that. I've been in Moms wow. Band Action for Gun Sense. So those sort of examples really are difficult to grapple with yeah. from a, a perspective of God and why and forgiveness and all the things. And, um, and, you know, school shootings are a huge, uh, thing. I didn't know I was going to talk about this, but no, it's all right. they're just such a, a an it's activist, topical. it's an activist point for me, yeah, right? I couldn't yeah. not do something. And so I've tried to just make the world a safer place for our children and do my yeah. part to, keep people safer and make less people help less people die by gun violence. Anyway, <laughs> um, there's another soapbox anyway, you know, just the way that you talked about, there isn't even something to forgive just the bigger picture of God. Can you speak to that for a second? And I know it's the end of the book. So spoiler alert, yeah. for everyone, I suppose, but um, he who's last shall be first. There's a lot of Jesus <laughs> lines about the beginning and the end paradox. There we go. So we're starting at the end, at the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that you know, the, it 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 is a long lead up to that section, but I'm happy to kind of do my best at contextualizing it because you know, yeah, ultimately mystic philosophy is it's about this kind of radical acceptance and this unconditional love towards all beings and kind of the acknowledgement that every being is a part of the whole we're all the drops on the on the ocean um you know it's sadly Rumi's cliche now but he shouldn't be anyway no, um, Rumi. he's the best so much um, he really like oh drops on the ocean's like no that's as good as it gets um, <laughs> but yeah i mean just seeing that like when someone commits a an evil act um which we should absolutely protect our children protect the vulnerable you know to your point those things are all valuable and at the same time it it comes with the awareness of the fact that someone who is willing to commit an evil act is coming from such a place of suffering they're hurting so badly mm-hmm. because if you're if you love yourself and you love others you act in love if you hate yourself and hate others you act in hateful ways it's, it's it's pretty simple, you know, but the emotions get caught up and, and, um, you know, we're, we're all just reacting to each other. We're all just at Adam from the atomic level to the conscious level. We're all just firing back and forth in each other. And, you know, spiritual philosophy really challenges us to zoom out on all of it and just see it all unfolding. Uh, Lao Tzu calls it, calls it the Tao. You know, the mm-hmm. unfolding of nature, the unfolding of cosmos is this grand scheme of things. And when you step back far enough, you can see that natural play. I mean, you know, zooming out on lifetimes and ages and civilizations rising and falling and things like that. Little dramas aren't, um, you know, yeah. as impactful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So I'll back up a bit too yeah, yeah, and just yeah. say, you know, uh, I was trying to explain what the book was about to Justin. And um, Justin, you know, comes from a religious background as well. He's read a lot of the Bible. And so I was like, you know, I think it's just really a, a unifying search for truth. That's what this is, right? Great. With a cool title. And I'm putting that in this. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Add Good. That. Yes. Because um, th- that's what I have searched for too. And in my own spiritual practices, I 
think I told you I studied religion and philosophy in college, and it's just always been a, a bigger thing to me. I practice yoga and all this stuff. So you're preaching to the choir a bit with me. <laughs> right. But um, one thing, so I just wanted to say that for the audience so everybody kind of knows what we're talking about. And I wondered too, there's a lot of things on this show that I talk about. And so when you just said the grand unifying things, right, zoom out. Yeah. Do you believe that there's a big plan? Like, uh, or are we the creators? You know, there's a lot about manifestation right now. We are creators and all that. Right. So are we creators? Is there an overarching plan? Where's the in-between ground? I'm wondering your take on that. Yeah, man, those are really good questions. I'm, I'm loving, we're just going to jump in. Get to the bottom of this. I'm not this screwing around. <laughs> I know. I, know. I, lo I love. How's this, the weather? So. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> Who cares? Let's really undo with all of this. Um, so again, this is kind of second half of the book here. I'd say, just for context for your audience, first, let's do. Let's first do. half of the book is about kind of deconstruction of Christianity. So appreciating Jesus, um, kind of calling out the humanness and politics of early Christianity, even and the Bible's formation. Um, finding the gems kind of among the chaos is kind of the first parts of the book. Um, and appreciate, really, I'm a big fan of the guy from Nazareth. He's great. Same, um, same here. On lives, all he that. lives right here. Yes. And you know, just you have, despite the title, despite the title, but, it, but, uh, I think that's why Justin felt a little confused. Well, and know? he, like... he doesn't say anything about it. It, it comes right. Original sin comes from Augustine. Um, it, if anybody can find Jesus calling us originally sinful, let me know. Shoot me an email. I <laughs> uh, haven't found it yet. Um, mm -hmm. So appreciating him. And then the book moves into kind of um, Hinduism, yoga philosophy, uh, Buddhism. And then towards the very end, it gets into like psychedelia and, um, you know, what the mystics sometimes call the illusion. Right. So there's this idea and it's gr gaining steam, actually, thanks to like physicists and even like computer engineers and kind of technology philosophers about like the simulation. Uh, which is an interesting kind of modern word, sci-fi word that all the mystics are going, yeah, we've been <laughs> saying illusion, guys, for, yeah. you know, yeah. a few thousand years here. Um, or, you know, Rumi too uh, and, and Sri Ramana call it a dream, mm -hmm. right, as kind of the best way of explaining um, the this plane of existence, the plane of time and space, the plane of material phenomena, and the idea really, again, in kind of mystic philosophy, which is the esoteric branch of all the, the world faith traditions, there's this idea that this plane, this world, um, is actually not it, um, th that, it's a, it that it's a veil mm -hmm. um, between you and creator. And so there's kind of this divine, transcendent, all-loving, all-joyful entity is even there's no word to capture you know right. there's it's 99 attributes and mm -hmm. they don't describe god um <laughs> you know it's like it's all of that and and then this world is this is this kind of you know i call it like separation land you know it's like everyone is just we're all at odds with each other it's i me mind quote george harrison um I think yeah. that's why for Little me, egos it's like around. such a practice, you know, like yeah, everything. So we're just undoing a it. practice. Yeah. Well, we're undoing and, it. And as I've best kind we of can. like stopped caring about even undoing so much as just mm. like leaning back into it. Just, I think the older I get, the more I just go, you know, 
Um, my my monkey brain is probably is not going to be able to figure it all out. I have the feelings. I have those esoteric moments, yes. those moments of insight and connection, and I just keep trying to foster that. And <laughs> yeah, and I that's think that's beautiful. I think studying philosophy and stuff, I finally just was like, meh. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I, I, I think there's an over intellectualization of it. You well, know, we ironically, want so the bad. guy who wrote a 300 page book about it. <laughs> well, we want so bad to understand, right? right, right. And I love reading this and I love thinking about it. But then at the end of the day, I go, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a fame in the epilogue, I talk about that, the experience. Yes. So, like, mm -hmm. you know, um, I listened to that after I stopped crying. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, okay. I listened to I, at the very end. I I did a combo listen read. So yeah. Ramakrishna says it's like a farmer with a bunch of uh, mango trees in an orchard. You know, uh, the intellect wants to say, well, we have you know this many mango trees and they're breeding this much fruit on this day. Da da. da. But the mystic just eats the mangoes. You know, it's, it says eat the mangoes. Is his advice? Like live from an experiential place of love and connection and so on. And yeah, everything, the, the intellectual stuff is just the framework. It's just the way to, I think maybe kind of cue up an yeah. experience. I think at its best, it gets, it gets you open to receive um, the felt presence of experience, but yeah, it's certainly I think you way less important. Yes, I think you say that toward the beginning too. You're like, it's not about thinking about God or thinking about the experience while I'm washing the dishes. It's just washing the dishes. Right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. And yeah. Beautiful. Which it is. It's that beauty in the ordinary, which there's nothing like a child coming into your life to, to teach you to appreciate those moments as well, which you, you talk about in your Sure. It's, yeah. There's just peppers of divine beauty you know, yeah. all around us if we have eyes to see and ears to hear. I mean, I mean, to come back to your kind of an initial question around the plan and like mm. even like the word undoing. Um, I don't necessarily mean like conscious intention undoing. I think what I meant actually was more about kind of what you were saying. Like, like we have this egoic concept of ourselves and, um, I want to say Mr. Eckhart says love is melting. It's just kind of melting away those barriers. We're just melting away all these boarded. That's really the spiritual work. That's all it is. It's nothing too heady and, um, and there's also there's also this idea around remembering. Uh, a lot of the mystics talk about kind of we came from God, we're mm -hmm. here for a second, we're back to God. You know that's common really in all religious practices. This kind of temporal, because we're here for a limited period of time. But the mystics go a step further and say that's our true nature, that's our true identity. We're kind of in this we're in this space of ignorance about our true nature. You know, and it's, I think to, to to the title of the book, Original Sins a Lie. I've had some Christians, you know, have, I get some comments I follow on the you internet. on TikTok and social uh, media. It's pretty and, fun. And Instagram. You know, yeah. uh, most yeah. people appreciate what I'm doing, <laughs> but some Christians aren't crazy about mostly the provocative title. Um, and some people said, oh no, we are originally sinful. Have you met one of a human before? You know, um, Gosh, kind of being sassy. Yeah. I know. Yeah. And it's like, you know, granted, we're all, we all have, we're all working through stuff and that's not the point either, but the, the idea and. For example, A Course in Miracles, which is a, one of my Bibles, says um, you're just remembering, you're, you're removing the obstacles to the awareness of love's presence. 
Right. Which you talk about at the end yeah. too, is like when we come back to that stillness and just being here, like what comes up? It's not a bunch of like, right. you know. Yeah. When I get really still for meditation, whenever we're meditating deeply, it feels good. Yeah. You feel peaceful. Yeah. <laughs> you feel yeah. loving. Yeah. So that means that our inherent, our true identity, our essence, you know, is positive. And yeah. so it's everything covered up on it. That's what we're, that's what we're working through. Yeah. I mean, really, if you've met a human, it figures that we'd create a story that we're bad. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. We're carrying sense? guilt and shame. And right. Past traumas. And, you know, yeah, we're all just walking around with these, you know, briefcases of our past, you know, bad decisions or behavioral loops that you know whatever we're like yeah. our guilt etc and and things people about other people have done to us that we can't let go i mean we're just everyone's just working through that and so yeah really stepping back and just appreciating people kind of for that process of working through it and yeah highs and lows and ebbs and flows of it you know i think a lot about the book surprised me too that you mentioned these other spiritual leaders like i'm a huge fan well, I think we've talked about Ram Dass when mm, we met. Yeah. I, I mean, like I have beer now tattooed Amazing. on my arm. Yeah. And but Byron Katie is yeah. one that I Obsessed. me too. And yeah. the those questions have I think changed my life. <laughs> I I've really needed to her in the grand. past few years. Yeah. yeah. Me too. Yeah. In the past five, maybe she had to come up in the last five years. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. She was on Goop's podcast, and that's really how I found her. And mm. um, I hadn't, I had maybe heard of it, but that was in maybe 2018, 19. And um, yeah, I mean, how did you she's find a, she's her? She's like an awakened person to me. Have yeah. you met her? No, I, I'm, I've devoured her videos, yeah. um, which are on YouTube, which are amazing because people literally will go up on stage with her. And they'll be in tears mm -hmm. and they're like, their life's falling apart. And by the end of their exchange, they're laughing. <laughs> they're like, oh, it's all oh, okay. Um, yeah. So for anyone who's not aware, Byron Katie has uh, this process of questions called The Work, capital W. And um, the first question, basically what it is, is you you write down a thought, which, which is important not to just think it. It's important. She kind of says... Uh, you freeze the thought in paper because mm -hmm. if you just think it, you'll your mind is very slippery and kind of uh, running around the justifications. Anyway, you write down a, th a thought or a judgment about someone else. So you'll say, uh, well, I can share mine. I, we can Let's go through mine one. if you want. Let's yeah. do it. So, we won't write it down, but we'll pretend. Well, yeah, I've, okay. I've done it. Me too. I've done the work <laughs> on it plenty. Um, so when I first started publishing... Um, like medium articles and kind of Facebook posts about spiritual philosophy. Um, I had this thought, like people will think I'm crazy, you know, and I work at a big tech company. I work at Meta and um, everybody there pretty much is like secular or like, you know, some traditional religious, I guess, but it's a scientific world. Sure. And I was like writing about the chakras <laughs> and I was like, oh, everyone's going to think I'm crazy. And so you write that down. And then the first um, question to say is, is it true? And you really meditate on it. Is it true? And so for me, sometimes, yes, mm -hmm. <laughs> people will think I'm crazy. And then the second question is, can you absolutely know that it's true? And so, no, I can't absolutely know it's true that people will think I'm crazy. 
Um, the third question is, how do you feel? What are, the, what are the emotions that come up when you think the thought? People think I'm crazy. Well, you think, ah, oh, um, shame and fear and some stress about being misunderstood and uh, it doesn't feel good. Mm-mm. And then the fourth question is, who would you be without the thought mm-hmm. of people think I'm crazy? And uh, the answer for me is free. The answer free for me to communicate. every single time is free. <laughs> free, yeah. Every that's the fourth time. answer almost universally. That's so true. It I uh, like free to just yeah. express this stuff that I'm so passionate about. All these years I've studied it and met other people and and you know read and meditated and I I could just be a vessel for the material as mm-hmm. without having any care about being crazy or not. And then the fun. It gets really fun, actually, with the turnaround. Agreed. Which is mm-hmm. after you go through the four, then you flip the the thought, which is um, people will think I'm crazy, and then you find you flip it around so people don't think I'm crazy, mm-hmm. and then you find examples for that. So people don't think I'm crazy. You're supposed to find three examples that are as true or truer. So for me, well, I've had a good job for many years. I have a successful career in tech. That's not cra- a crazy person doesn't have that. Um, <laughs> people tend to think I'm a nice, per- responsible mm-hmm. person generally. Or you could uh, turn around and say they're all crazy. I, I got another uh, one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Which is, uh, and then the last yeah. one I like to say is I've been with a beautiful woman for over a decade. Yep. So <laughs> not so crazy. Maybe that is crazy. No. Yeah. Um, and then the, the other turnaround is usually another one, which is um, I think I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. And what's the examples of that? It's like, oh, okay, yeah, I I do actually, sometimes I even play up being a little crazy about this stuff, you know. Isn't it more fun to be a little crazy? Right. A crazy mystic and, you know, have all the fun stuff. And so, you know, by the end of it, you're just, you've sledgehammered that judgmental thought to smithereens. You see that it's not true in this way, it's not true in that way, it makes you feel this way, et cetera. So it's a really amazing practice and it works like insanely a hundred percent of the time. I mean, if you're, if you're open to the process, I'm not quite a facilitator in it because some people are really tight about those. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, you know, it's, I'm not, I'm not going to push it on anyone, but if someone's open and I think she, she's the master, I would say she's the best person at like holding the space for an individual who's just broken. And she'll just say, and she can kind of help debug the process with people and so anyway yeah deep out byron katie big time yeah and i think that's that's so cool about this because you do start off with you know all the biblical information and examples Mm -hmm. and then you know relate it just you just have such a a, a broad it's the world tour it's the world tour it's <laughs> yeah. a world tour because um because you fit a for lot better or worse, you fit yeah. a lot in here for better in my opinion Thank because you. um this is where transformation happens when we open ourselves up like i was saying in the very beginning um so speaking of the beginning i was trying to look back at some of my notes and sure one of the notes i made was that um I, I just jotted down, I'm indoctrinated so hard. Hmm. And <laughs> and <laughs> even though I have a broader perspective, I bet a lot of people can relate to just like with our upbringing, it, you know, 
as a Methodist in Colleen, Texas, my oh, yeah. upbringing in the 80s, uh, you know, I just, I'm so indoctrinated by him, men, uh, especially as a woman, just, just the way that I see it. And I automatically, my brain wants to go back to that. And I even wrote it in here. Just mm. my thought is that I'm indoctrinated so hard and just like, it's so difficult to break out of that. It really is. And sending peace and empathy for you and everyone else. I mean, I've, the last year I've met a lot of people that are kind of on the fence of breaking out or are like way after, but mm -hmm. they still very remember, they have all the scars from yeah. Christian upbringing. And I've met people that, I mean, I've got messages from people that like grew up Mennonite and oh, stuff. Oh man, I, that are, I mean, know, that's like, intense. Where they like had the that's long like... dresses and stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. There's so many people that have been, and then there's still million. I mean, I think that some of the motivation for me is like, it's millions of people, Amy. Yeah. That are in these traditions. Um, you know, I and I'll let me just clarify too, I do think Christianity is a valid path to God. Sure. And I think we're not saying it's not. And we're not saying it's not. Now, the, the Nazarene is as high as anybody. Um, it's it's all the politics, it's all the hypocrisy, it's all the corruption that affects aspects of the institution that that twenty twenty three, thankfully, I think is not a stranger to, right. you know, we're seeing this mass exodus and part of, part of my job is to say, don't throw out the baby with the bath mm -hmm. actually, because you know, some people are so over it and they just say, well, none of this has any validity whatsoever for me. And, and I, I also honor that because some people have to go through that mm -hmm. uh, for them. Sure. So I'm not going to force it, but, but, but my work is just to say, there are some real gems in the Bible, in the New Testament in particular, is my specialty. Um, and what I try to do, I think kind of initially, you talked about the conditioning aspect. Really what I'm trying to do at the beginning of the book and in and, and a lot of my work with Christianity is to say, step one really is saying the Bible is a human document. Yeah. You know, that, the infallibility if, thing even is that, like, really hard to get around. A little bit, you know, like... You're right. like, are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so <it comes> up. <laughs> even though I know, I've studied that. Yeah. I know, like, mm -hmm. what you're talking about. But still, like, it just surprised me, you yeah. know, that yeah. it's still, like, rattling around in there so hard. But yeah. you, it is a human document. You said it really well in here. Like, I just, I love this. You said, when we come to the scripture with both an academic understanding of the history and a spiritual understanding of the symbolism, fear-based concepts like burning in hell start to fall off and you see them for what they are. Silly little fictions that it went on on page uh, 308, but exactly. Thank you. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> Silly little fictions of fearful separateness that got added on top of original mind-altering truths of love and unity. The, the That's a good, damn good paragraph. Thank you. Yes. Original sins of lie out now. Um, no. Um. Actually, hold on. You know what? <laughs> hold that thought. I just do want to tell people this is very accessible. You have a very friendly writing style. Thank and you. one thing I liked is there's a whole lot of Hindu stuff in here with a bunch of long names. But yeah. sometimes you'll just write a quick little reminder. You're not spoon feeding. You're not like dumbing it down in any way. But you're just, it's just a gentle mm. little reminder. And I was so grateful for that because I have trouble remembering everything. Yeah. And like you have a really friendly, easy way of doing that. So it's it's not hard to read and not hard to understand. Thanks so much. Yeah, I, I got a nice um, 
few messages recently. Um, you know, I'm not a former monk. I don't have a PhD. I have a bachelor's in comparative religion, but it's a lot of personal study too. And I, that was a, that was a false story. That was a Byron Katie, you know, work yeah. at some point to say, who am I? You know, no one's going to listen to me about this. I don't have, I'm not a monk. I don't have a PhD. Jesus and this guy, well, this guy <laughs> emailed me a few weeks ago and said, I really loved your book. He goes, I loved that you aren't a monk and you don't have a PhD. Mm. I love that you're just a guy writing from your heart. And I was just, and so, you know, that it, it's, I think the accessibility piece is there because I'm an accessible person. So thank you for, for sharing that. Um, yeah. The, yeah, the point I wanted to make was there's actually an image that I heard about uh, after the book came out. I'm like so annoyed that I learned this after the book because it's exactly my whole spiel. But there's this um, monk named Brother David Steindl-Rast. He's a pretty popular guy anyway. Um, he says, all religions come from mysticism. All religions come from the true experiential spiritual you know, essentially men and men or woman who has that experience that is a real divine power. That's how the religion starts. He says, what happens is it's like a volcano. So when the volcano explodes, it's just vitality and just the lava just gushes forth and over it's miraculous and, you know, spellbinding all these things. And then the lava rolls down the mountain, you know, it starts to cool, starts to cool. And by centuries later or a millennia later, it's just cold, dead rock. Wow. It's just the same thing with religion. At the first, when it first happens, it's, you know, pretty incredible. And then it just gets, it gets watered down. It gets watered down until you have something that really doesn't represent the original teaching, the original essence that much. So, yeah. yeah. And so that leads me to A Course in Miracles, which you talk yeah. about being pretty young. Right. Somebody recommended that to me a couple of years ago mm -hmm. or three years ago. Or something. Cool. And so I bought it and I was like, oh my God, I cannot read this. It's tough. <laughs> and so it ain't easy. I bought like a, kind just of a, a commentary. Yeah. Or whatever. yeah. And it's been fantastic. Oh, good. So fantastic. I love it so and Marianne, much. And I finished it. By the way, huh? Marianne yeah. is a Democratic nominee for yeah. president, is a big, of course, teacher, which is a little bizarre in some ways but mostly cool i'm i'm pro marianne <laughs> yeah i am too yeah, yeah i am too um and i've really i enjoyed the book about it and so now yeah. i'm more inclined to pick it up especially after reading what you said about it but one of the things you said was it's still it's fresh very new yeah it hasn't yeah. been corrupted y'all i have started using higher dose products and i am such a fan you know i don't put anything on this podcast that i am not 100 completely behind and I have a special discount code for you for all Higher Dose products. I'm so excited. If you don't know, Higher Dose is a wellness company. They have wellness tech products, they have tools, they have supplements, and they have body care. They have so many things that are hot right now, too, that are really biohacking and up-leveling our lives at home, which is really cool. They have an infrared sauna blanket. They have an infrared PEMF mat that I'm so excited to be sharing about soon. One of my favorites, though, is the red light face mask. It stimulates collagen, it activates glowing skin, reduces fine lines, regenerates cells. 
and it's soft. It's not like one of the hard plastic ones. So you can kind of move it around on your body, which I've been doing, and I am seeing amazing results. I am absolutely addicted to it. I use it every single night, and I'm using it in conjunction with one of their other products, the Glow Serum. And I'm very picky about what I put on my skin, and I am loving the Glow Serum. It's specially formulated to plump and hydrate and stimulate radiant skin, which that's the goal. They have a ton of other products too, magnesium ingestibles, magnesium body care, which has a healing oil and a serotonin soap that you can use in your bath, which I've been using too. It boosts your mood, enhances your skin and deepens your detox, gets you calmed down. Anyway, I'm a fan. So I'm so excited to offer you 15% off using my code MAGIC15. Go to the show notes. You can click through on the link right there. Or if you go to Higher Dose, just enter the code MAGIC15 and you'll get 15% off. Higher Dose has been featured in Goop, Glamour, Elle, Vogue, Bazaar, Allure, basically you name it. And there's a reason why. So go check it out. It's at higherdose.com and enter my code MAGIC15 for 15% off. Yeah, my I have a a medicine man friend uh, that I write about um, named Richard, who yes. is a Apache uh, teacher, and it's mm-hmm. pretty miraculous how we know my family knows this guy. But um, he, I totally want to meet him. A few years ago, <laughs> <laughs> you might see him around sometime. Okay, um, he he's still in North Austin, um, but he told me a few years ago I kind of graduated from religious studies degrees. I write in the book, and I. I kind of met up with him and said, oh, you know, I'm doing yoga and meditation and I just love like the religious academic stuff. And he's, I was like, what, where should I go? What should I do? And he said, um, he said, the yoga meditation is great. You know, it's great. You're studying all this stuff. He said, if you really want to get started on the spiritual path, there's, there's a, there's a scripture, you know, he gets intuitive messages. Yeah. He's one of the, he's, he's a medium in some, some capacity and, he calls them the grandfathers. The grandfathers have affirmed with him that um, a course, a course in miracles and kind of relevant material, um, the Gary Renard books in, in particular, which I reference, um, are the real deal. And he says it's kind of like when Jesus was walking around, you know, the Bible. It's kind of like when Buddha started teaching the Buddha scripture. It's like it'll be corrupted in 500 years, <laughs> yeah. 1,000 years from now not going to be as clear and clean of the teaching but you know right now it's published in the 70s um she received the information too it's mm-hmm. it's uh, it's an intuited work um by an atheist jewish psychologist uh and it has psychological terms and stuff like that but of course it's very very good and it's i'd say it's a self-study curriculum it is um it's called non-dual philosophy is like the category and so kind of coming back into the world religions um non-dual philosophy is is again it's like that idea that this world is a dream that this world is a illusion of separateness and it it doesn't mean that we're not here sitting on these chairs um because the chairs are real in the dream um, but it's um, it's a it's a waking up kind of manual, if you will. And, One of yeah, the examples that stuck with me I, I was um, in the book I've been reading about A Course in Miracles. <laughs> in my lead up, yeah, is yeah. Uh, the, one of the things he said was like, "Okay, you are dreaming that you're being chased by a bear, and it's about to get you." And you're, and then there's another dream you're having, and it, you're being chased by five bears, and they're going to get you. 
where in which one are you in more danger? Hmm. And of course, the answer is neither because they're both dreams. Yeah. 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 And so I always think about that. And like I was in traffic a couple of days ago and I was like, this seems real. You know, like <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. things seem very real. Yeah. It, it, it's a deep question. It's even called level confusion. There's a term for it. In I have that all like, the time. Right? I, I mean, I, we all do. Um, okay. You know, good. I think because like, you know, yeah, if you jump off the top of a building and say this is all a dream, you, your body's going to respond to the law of physics that gravity is going to bring the body to the ground. You're not going to, uh, you know, the consciousness is going to leave the incarnation. But um, so there's laws in dream that you, that you're working in. Um, but yeah, you're just, you know, all the spiritual philosophy, all this stuff, it really, again, kind of comes back to this idea of like, we're just undoing the, what we're holding. Mm -hmm. If you if you just keep undoing what we're holding, and what do I mean by undoing? Uh, you know, of course, talks about forgiveness. Kind of to come back to your first point, um, forgiving yourself, forgiving others. That's really, that's the weight. That's the weight that keeps you rooted in the plane of material phenomena. And um, and you know, the Hindus articulated this. It's called the wheel of samsara, which is that. You're, we're all just going around and around this carousel of incarnations in the dream um, where, you know, Yogananda says, which is great. He says, we've all been fat. We've all been skinny. We've all been ugly. We've all been beautiful. We've all been rich. We've all been poor. We've played all the roles. You know, it's, it's not about don't get too attached to the role. You play your role and this is the one we're in right now. But you're just you're undoing your attachment to it. You're forgiving people. You're forgiving yourself. You know you're still active in the world. Um, Christian talks about karma yoga, so that means like uh, service. Karma means action, but karma yoga is like the act of service as a spiritual path. And so um, Krishna talks about how what you don't want to do is you don't want to be identified with the role of the actor. <laughs> kind of to Yogananda's point and of course his point here you're you're you know people walk around and say I'm Bob I'm a writer mm -hmm. you know and I I am in this persona in this role but that's not who I truly am I'm behind it actually you know mm -hmm. because I'm a writer I'm Bob to you when I go home I'm a husband and a father when I go to my mom's house I'm a son you know when I go into my job I'm a account manager, you know, we're, we're all playing these different roles based on these relationships. And so we're kind of all of them and none of them at the same time. So that's not identifying with the actor. And then Krishna also says, um, which is kind of relevant for, for service and activism. He says, you also don't want to be too attached to the outcome or the fruits of the action. So this kind of two, you're walking a tightrope between identification with the role and the actor. You don't want to do that. You don't want to fall on that side. And then identification with the outcome or the expectations of the, the thing. Because uh, I think I say in the book, you know, you we do. can feed a thousand people every day for the next a hundred years. And the minute you stop, there's going to be a thousand more people that are hungry. You're, you know, you're, but you still do the work <laughs> mm -hmm. because you're still relieving suffering. So you're, you're, not identified with the outcome. You're not identified with the actor. You're just doing the work, and that's the devotion. That's the undoing um, in the in the karma yoga path. Yeah. Sometimes I fall apart for a minute, but then I come back. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And it's and it's very. Uh, yeah. Ram Dass talks about how it's like he he would see people in the bar that he had seen 
you know, that were in the Hindu Kirtan community or whatever. And then a year later, they're like, oh, it's all bullshit. And he goes, no, no, no. This is the path too for you. You're also, you can't get off the path. <laughs> you know, you're just in the bar now. <laughs> I love that. Do you feel a connection to Ram Dass? Oh, he's a hero. Do yeah. you, but I mean like a real connection. Do you feel like that when you meditate? Do you ever? He pioneered a few things for me he uh he has a mantra called i am loving awareness sure uh, it's a right? track with him in east forest it's... Yeah, yeah yeah your buddy right mm -hmm. um yeah well, he's been a guest on the show oh amazing yes. uh cool and you guys would have a great conversation yeah, 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 that'd be great yeah. um yeah i am loving awareness it's uh it's brilliant from a philosophical standpoint because um you know what let me just um let me explain kind of the yogas real briefly. So yoga is Sanskrit for union, you know, bowing deeply to, to gym yoga in America. It's a great practice. Um, but the kind of Hindu path of yoga is um, a little f more full than just the physical kind of exercise in, in America. And so there's, there's a variety of yogas um, in Hindu philosophy and I'll give you kind of the condensed version. So the karma yoga I was just describing is the act is the yoga of service and action, which is a method of awakening. Um, you also have yana yoga, J-N-A-N-A, -N -N and that comes back to the illusion people. So the yana yogis are undoing their attachment to identity. They're coming back into the observer. It's a more meditative practice. It's more kind of intellectual. Um, and then there's another path called uh, bhakti yoga or the bhaktas and the bhakti yoga is um typically creative it's uh, expressive emotion um song and dance poets artists um the person in the church service that's crying real tears of devotion that's bhak they're a bhakta um so you kind of have those three of karma yogis yani yogis bhakti yogis and then there's a fourth called raja yogi it's kind of all of them but um what Ram Dass brilliantly did, whether he knows it or not, probably he did know it, which is I am loving awareness is like yana yoga and bhakti yoga in a mantra. Um, you know, the yanis, when the yanis see a bhakti uh, yoga dancing, uh, when the, when the yanis see a, see a bhakta, they're, they're basically like, what's, what are they doing around dancing around, you know, wasting time being silly, you know, et cetera. And then the, the bhakta yogis, um, you know, see the yanis and they're going, gosh, they're so cold and they're so intellectual. You know, what mm -hmm. are the, what are they doing? You know, so Hinduism has this beautiful universality. They have all these different paths, um, which I, that's always attracted me kind of to Hinduism and Ram Dass and, and the Hindu teachers is because they just, they put it so well in terms of saying, oh, you know, that's, that's their way to, to God. That's their way to awakening, et cetera. Whereas, you know, American Christianity and most of the Abrahamic religions tend to it's hard to generalize but they tend to be pretty single single-minded so the eastern paths yeah. and ram das and all these greats say well just here's all the ways you know i think that's like a, a, a real like fundamental sticking point for me mm -hmm. is that i just was always like real like the rest of the world once i realized there was the rest of the world doing other <laughs> right. things i was like come on like yeah. we can't like no and so that just didn't make sense to me in a very fundamental way and plus i'm a really inclusive person and you know i just refuse to believe that 
every all those people are wrong or left out or whatever. Like, mm -mm. it doesn't seem likely. <laughs> That's a great calm way to put it. <laughs> Rob, Rob Bell, famously, who you're probably know. familiar with, he's a, he was a former pastor uh, who's a big like writer podcaster now, oh, okay. spiritual. Um, he he wrote a book called Love Wins, which is pretty big. Is he the one that uh, did the movie about? Was in the movie about the Baltimore shooting and stuff? And maybe I he's think pretty big. So he's yeah. I, Love Super Wins is like 15 years old. I want to say, okay. um, and he was a big time <clears throat> pastor. And somebody wrote on a card. You know, they had some conference or whatever. And all these Christians, right? Something. And somebody said he they had a quote from Gandhi, and somebody said Gandhi's in hell, <laughs> and that started his awakening. He said, what kind what? of yeah. community are we creating where somebody thinks that that yeah. has any potential? A man who nonviolently removed colonizers from his country without firing a shot. Mm -hmm. But what are you um, going to say about the priest that rose high but molested, you know, children? Or, you know, like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the exclusivity <laughs> of Christianity is my number one issue. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, if we're going to talk about some issues with Christianity. Yeah. Uh, you brought up one and, and it made me real, really feel validated. And here was St. Francis being so struck by the opulence and yes. and luxury of the Catholic Church in the in the 13th century Back in or the something. day, yeah. It's been a, been a while. Have you been to the Vatican? No. I went. Yeah. When I was like 21 or something like that, right after college. And um, I was grossed out. Like when I looked around in there and I was like, they could feed the entire world how many times over with everything in here? Mm, Just yeah. like a lot of gold, a lot of gold, a yeah. lot of jewels, a lot of stuff just behind a glass, a case. And I was yeah. like, this is gr just gross. Like I just didn't. And I was like, mm -mm. and, and the figurehead is very clear, you know, I mean, kind of to go back to, <laughs> to go back to the Galilean, the Nazarene, mm -hmm. you know, he's, he's okay. very clear yes. that the um, figurehead meaning Jesus, not the Pope. Right, yes. right, right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the real figurehead. Yeah. The, the yeah. actual guy. Yeah. That's based off. He was pretty, I, I have a, t I don't think he was against money in particular, quote unquote. So the, the chapter is pretty, um, consciously titled Jesus despised greed. Yeah. It's not necessarily Jesus despised money because money is a neutral, right? It's just the uh, like obsession with, the adoration with. You know, and, and, and this comes back, I'm trying to be like as cohesive as possible because I love that we're being tangential. Thank you for doing that because well, I'm not. <laughs> well, I'm just like, how lost is the audience? Um, hopefully y'all are following us. But, uh, you know, what, what it comes back to for me is Again, this this world, this plane of existence, this material world, is it's either catching us or not. Mm -hmm. And the you know the undoing process, the forgiving process, you know, it it doesn't actually necessarily mean. I think this is a common misconception actually about renunciation. Um, you know, a lot of people, I think there's a there's a cliche that spirituality you have to be some renunciant, you have to go in the jungle and you know or give up or, all or, your worldly possessions now it's kind of off the grid yes. is the new one yeah yeah, yeah. you gotta uh -huh. get out of the cities man and um and that's fine get out of the city if you feel called um but what the real teachers teach you know in my view jesus and ram das and ramana maharshi and all these really greats that i write about is that 
if you think that you have to renounce the world or money or whatever, you're actually making it real. Um, you're making it, you're clinging on to it just as much as if you had it. So the Buddha, the Buddha, uh, is also his pathway is called the middle way. Mm -hmm. Um, he actually gives the example in his own teachings of, um, this uh, guitar string. If you tighten it too much, it'll pluck and break. If you, uh, if it's too loose, you, you can't make a note. It has to be this, this middle moderation is the tightness of the string that plays the music. And that's, you know, that's how you be in the world. And, to kind of... and it really puts you in a position of, if, if you're doing that, renunciating all that stuff. I mean, like, if you really look into it, you might be judging yourself a lot and judging totally. others a lot. And when we're in that state of judgment, that's... Yeah. The, and so I think that greed that's piece too, too like, you know, how do we let go of the judgment around that even? Yeah. Because... Again, like Ram Dass said, that's the path. That's that's part of that path. Yeah. You know, so well said. for me, I've had to really let go of that. And you have an example in here. Maybe it's in that chapter about you sat down with an entrepreneur who had spent $30,000 yeah. on a shaman. Right, right. Yeah. So, you know, boy, is that a continuous letting go of judgment, you know, like yeah. all that. I was on a podcast recently and I, the host asked me about that when she's like, I loved how vulnerable you were. And I was kind of like, I kind of forgot to put that in there because <laughs> <laughs> no, I really I just was like, look how judgmental I am. Yeah. The, a guy that I met, um, who's a really nice guy and you know, uh, he's anonymous, but he became very successful and, um, he's in the spiritual community now. And I think he's actually, he's doing amazing work now. But anyway, when I first met him, I was, I was full of judgment and really envy. I think in some level, For you know, me, a ego, lot of times it's in there. Like, yeah. If I'm the being honest. Saying, oh, this guy made all this money. So I kind of share the vulnerability around like noticing the first step to undoing is noticing. So you just right. say, Oh, look how envious I am. There's a great story. That's not in my book actually of, um, an ACIM teacher, a course of miracles teacher who, you know, again, the whole practice is like forgiveness and so, and non-judgment. And this teacher, the student comes up to this teacher and he says, um, he says, John, I just don't think I can do this, you know, study with you. And I'm just, gosh, I'm so judgmental. I just, you know, it's, I can't forgive anybody. I just, all I do is go around and judge everyone. And the teacher goes, amazing. Right, right. <laughs> That's so fantastic <laughs> that you are seeing yourself doing this. Because mm -hmm. that's, I mean, that, and that can take a long time. You know, of just get, if even getting to that point, let alone getting beyond the judgment, just start coming into the noticing and staying in the noticing realm for a long time is very. It really it. is, and like, uh, we're so conditioned to fall into those conversations, to have our mind go that direction, to share those stories of judgment. And I, I, when I was on a flight um, from, I was headed to Africa to meet Justin. Mm this spring and there was someone sitting behind me and she, um, I'm, I'm going to tell the story, but the point is I don't want to tell the story. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, she, she really like had a lot going on and claimed to be sick and was disturbed, like fighting with me essentially. And, um, and I, 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 it was irritating, but at the same time I didn't get really mad. But when people ask, about my flights. I just had this happen yesterday. And she was like, how she's, she's going to Africa. And she was like, how are your flights? Tell me about that. And that, 
popped in my head. Mm. And I thought, wow, I have a moment here to tell this story. We could commiserate about it and all that. Yeah. But I'm, I'm carrying that forward. And it's just these little moments of training. And I thought, I don't want to do that. I don't really know what she was going through. I want to let that go for myself too. And while it's not a big deal, it could be. It could be one of those stories that we like bitch about. This happened. Oh, people are just yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. And um, yeah. and instead, I just I it it took me almost <laughs> literally biting my tongue, That's but good. I didn't do it. Yeah. And you're getting your reps in. I noticed it, but it is. It's getting those yeah. reps in because there's like little judgments all the time that we can practice with. I guess is my point. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everything actually, even everything. The mystics, everything. Say, yeah. Yeah, there's a great image too that I love, polishing the mirror. Um, Rumi says, if you're if you're irritated by every rub, how will your mirror be polished? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're, just, we're just polishing the mirror, you know? We yeah. are. Yeah. And, um, and I think that's such like, or maybe it's just my path right now, but that's such like a, a, a point for me to really work on because I do it to myself and I do it to others. And I'm like, it's just this golly the judgment and the more i can let that go the more i'm in that space of love and presence and really living like this it's that aspect of judgment beautiful what do you think good luck <laughs> i know right <laughs> well jesus says um practice it's a fact it's pretty yeah it's one of his more well-known teachings but he says um he says you're busy judging the speck in yeah. your brother's eye and you have a while well, you have a plank in your eye. Mm -hmm. That's funny, by the way. That's a joke, you know. <laughs> sometimes that's taken far too seriously, but it's a it's a nice rib mm -hmm. of his disciples who are, you know, calling out some other people. He says, "Well, you're busy with the speck in your other in your brother's eye. First, take the plank out of your eye, and then you can help your brother with the speck." You know, yeah. We're we're the more we undo our own judgment. You know, and I think one thing I've learned over the over the years too, Amy, and I'm sure you have as well, which is really the only person I can change is me. You know, I I, I realized I wrote a book about you know spiritual philosophy. I make all these videos, blah blah blah. But you know, it's like uh, the convincing or you know the evangelizing process is really you know starting to slip away from me finally after the all these years because i used to go I, I would go debate out. people yeah. you know i would say oh well no no, no. and so and now i'm like even this guy said would you debate this christian scott and i was like i don't have anything to prove oh why would i debate there you anyone? go right right <laughs> so you know i mean i'll talk have a conversation but you know so it's just knowing your own truth right mm-hmm yeah, I'm not. I'm not interested in the analytical, you know, the, or the judgmental world as much as I can. I'm just like, hey, I'm just accepting where I am and where people are as best I can. Was Jesus judgmental? Well, the arguably the most sublime saying of of all humanity to me is. Um, I know what you're going to say. Being on the cross. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, dying a pretty humiliating death. There's so much emphasis on the death in Christianity, I think. Too much so, to a fault. But the the moment of forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do um, is 
you know, people say like, what is Christ consciousness? What is that? That's Christ consciousness. If you're being killed as an innocent man, unjustly and so on, and you ask for, for, forgive them father for they know not what they do. They're just ignorant of what they're doing. Um, and even ignorance has this pejorative, you know, it's just like, they know not what they do. They just don't know. It's it fine. Does, yeah. It's like, it's like, he's, he's just beyond. But what about the greed transcending part? Wouldn't that apply there too? Like maybe they don't know what they do there, but he seems, yeah. he seemed kind of pissed. What do you mean? The greed Jesus like speaking out against. Well, he's, he's teaching, you know, again, it's like, it's a good question of like kind of living. He says, live in the world, but not be in the world, but not of the world. Mm -hmm. Right. And again, this is, this is definitely a theme, I think from today's conversation and, and my book, which is like, again, like how do we live in the world knowing that it's a dream? You know, mm -hmm. how do you live in the world? How do you kind of be r radically accepting and present and active and also detached and also, uh, you know, not detached from apathy but detach from your own tight expectation of it. Um, you know, how do we teach right and wrong while accepting people in their wrongness, you know, and it's, it, there's not a short answer to it. I don't think, you know, I think, um, that's an interesting way to put it's it. It's a paradox. How do we teach right and wrong without like, that's such a great way to put it. it the mystic, world is all about <laughs> yeah. the yin and yang man yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i can't remember what i was oh oh i know i know it was conversations with god mm -hmm. i was listening to that um which is i love neil it. yeah yeah uh uh what's his name neil um donald walsh yeah walsh walsh yeah. Yeah, yeah. walsh neil. yeah um I listened to that a few years ago, but you know, they're pointing out like that God has a sense of humor and it's funny and like all these things. And like, we tend to get so serious about it all sometimes that's, you know, like just, just the everythingness I think is kind of what you're like saying right there. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. The fullness, the cosmic, mm -hmm. the cosmic joke. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah. just like, we are able to be funny. So like if we're saying God is everything, then God is everything. You yes. Know? Right. Yes. So I, I was going to tell you just like my, my altars back here and I yeah, have this little, thank you. I have this little, uh, these little angel cards and sometimes I'll just draw one and get some kind of direction for feeling. And I was really tied up in my head one day, just attached to all sorts of things. And I was like, man, I just need to detach, detach, detach. And, um, I was like, I need some guidance, you know? So then I was attaching to like, what is this card going to tell me? And I drew a card and in that angel pack, there's a few blank ones to just like, you can write your own on there or whatever. Mm. And that day I drew a blank one and it just made me laugh so hard. And I was like, oh, I see. That's funny. The, it was hilarious. Yeah. I still yeah. have it sitting right there just to remind me, like, just quit it. Hey, I really <laughs> need... I need to one get sentence <laughs> to help me detach. Yeah. yeah, it was just it was just blank, and so I just thought that that was such a good example of like the humor of all of it. Yeah, are you able to to find that humor a lot? I, I you're funny. I mean, like the Thanks. things you write too. You know, like a lawnmower is even on here, but uh, you know, a temporary the bio's your your really picture silly. here, a yeah. temporary arrangement of atoms. But even when you texted me <laughs> one day, you said something about you know, oh, I meant your incarnation. You know, like and yeah, 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 yeah. It's just I'm having fun with it. Ram Dass is a big should. hero too. You know, me he was, too. He's really really funny. Yeah, he, he he talks about how he would start a lecture and he says. uh, there's a there's a Lao Tzu quote, uh, 
in Taoism, Tao Te Ching, he says, uh, he who speaks does not know, he who knows does not speak. And he says, I think about that quote every time I go out and give a lecture. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so yeah, I mean, there's a paradox in all of it. And um, yeah, I think, I guess kind of coming back to the the last chapter of just like, you know, seeing the unfolding of it all, you know, it really, what it does is it, it, it loosens it up. It, it makes everything a, a lot lighter. I think when you can kind of zoom out and have this larger appreciation, you know, whenever we're like zoomed in on the tightness of how dare this person or how could they believe that? Or, or this teeny tiny bit my, of scripture says this. Or this scripture says yeah. this, or my family member did this, or my boss said that. And it's like, we get so caught I know is the best word. And, and this, this whole practice, all this stuff does, I think if it, if it works at all, you know, yeah. if it doesn't throw it out, but if it does work, it, it helps us lighten up a bit. <laughs> How did you get in the practice of, of remembering all this? And you, I think you do breath work every day. I'm big on meditation. Yeah. Love medita pro How meditation, pro meditate? journal. Like what are your... I'm I'm just a little bit curious about your own practice. Three out? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I man, I got with to a, with really a toddler. Get, I would be like, "There's no gonna way." Gonna say <laughs> he's affected it. Oh, sadly, I, I, uh, I, I get mean, it. the meditation is being a dad, right? Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, my I was at the best ever when Mama was pregnant. When she was pregnant, you know, when my wife was with child, I like my meditation game. That was the peak. And like ever since then, it's been less, you know. It'll go even, back in about, I, mean, a, 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 I don't know, 14, 15 years. <laughs> get some free time in two decades. Just relax. Um, he, I, I'm starting to show him, which is kind of fun. So I'll take my little cushion out. And, you know, it's like it's not hot in Austin for about 45 minutes in the morning and mm -hmm. uh, right now. And, uh, yeah, so we go outside at like. 7 38 in the morning and i'll take my little cushion and he'll like walk up and so that's kind of what i've been doing lately it's really five to ten minutes the research which i point to a very little bit i mentioned mm -hmm. some of the re research on meditation and uh, people are interested altered traits is a really great book um, about oh. meditation science uh, but yeah i mean you don't need a lot for it to work i mean you can literally see results after five minutes if you do five minutes a day i think the more important component of the practice is regularity. It's five minutes a day is astronomically better than an hour a week. Even, even if you did an hour, one day a week, your neurons will be more benefited by the 24 hour, you know, five, five minutes a day. Awesome. So. And you do breath work that three. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, when you can. Yeah, I, so I was initiated, which is a loaded word, into Kriya Yoga, uh, which we can talk about. But yoga, it was Yogananda's um, Kriya Yoga lineage. She was a late 1800s, early 1900s yogi who came to America. And his book is called Autobiography of a Yogi, which was huge for me. It's kind of, you mentioned Be Here Now and Autobiography yeah. of a Yogi are kind of like the two big ones in Eastern spirituality in America. Um, and so Yogananda's technique is called Kriya Yoga. So I learned that, um, which is, it's similar to, uh, it's most similar to like Kundalini. Mm -hmm. So like kind of, which is breath work really. It's mm -hmm. just up the chakras, 
slight pause down the chakra. You actually think of the gurus come up and down. Um, it's a little more devotional than most and kind of even than I am in some ways, but. Do you pray? Yeah. Big fan. Yeah. Yeah. What's prayer like for you? Um, the best guide on prayer is of course, miracles. Uh, there's actually, oh, yeah? um, yeah, there's a few sections on it, but there's a, there's a compliment of it called Song of Prayer. Hmm. And, you know, basically. I don't know if that was in my Cliff's notes. Well, but, uh, I know. I'm just, I'm, <laughs> I'll have to look, but yeah. Spiritual uh, encyclopedia random facts you, you over here. You really are. It's impressive. <laughs> so impressive. Um, Song of Prayer is really great. It basically says um, whenever you're communing with God is a prayer. You know, prayer isn't genie for a wish. That's silly um i think it, of it kind of energetically it's more energetic it's at least more that's about what commuting. i've evolved into yeah yeah it's more about just saying hey guide me you know there's a really great prayer or mantra from a course that that uh i really love called uh it's just i'm here only to be truly helpful Ooh. so there was a course teacher he he would say that in a prayerful way anytime he would go in a doorway Say, anytime you go in a door, say mentally, I'm here only to be truly helpful. That's a cool that habit. It's a nice yeah. Do you have prayer a, hack. It is prayer hack. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a self-love practice? Because you do you do cover self-love in here. I was th thrilled to see that. I was oh, like, cool. boy, this is it's really buffet line, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I love but take some you enchiladas guys, this, and some noodles uh, and really some everybody should read this french this fries is really it's really incredible just Thank as you. just like a a really great overview of all sorts of things and an understanding but yeah it's a fun intro i'll put it that way it's, it's like a, a primer it's a it's, primer too yeah. yeah all the different spiritual practices um yeah self-compassion is a really good one i my favorite i'd say like if i have a favorite meditation it's loving kindness yeah. Um, which is Sharon Salzberg is big on, um, but it's loving kindness is a Buddhist practice where you start by wishing yourself peace, wellness, health. You can change the whatever, but peace and happiness, essentially ease. Um, you do that for a few minutes. May I be peaceful. May I be happy. May I be well. And you just sit in that for a little while. And then you, you say, okay, now you think of loved ones and you sit there and wish them and you can do it as a golden ball of light that you see around them. Mm. May they be peaceful. May they be happy. May they be well. And then you think of acquaintances and then your neighbors and your, and the cashier and the, you know, mm. and they, may they be, and then you expand to the country and may they be peaceful. Maybe we will do that for a few minutes. May the entire planet all people and you do them all people for a little bit and you do all beings mm -hmm. may all plants animals bacteria let's not exclude bacteria Sh let's not from wellness let's not <laughs> ex it, not exclude anyone i yeah. tend to sometimes start with the hardest people yeah and, and someone you're in conflict with yeah yeah that's an awful one too. generally yeah. it's my ex-husband's right but, uh, <laughs> yeah that's a good one I, may, really, may, may he be peaceful i you know what we, like we reap what we sow right and so yeah. i just try to send them really good energy and like pray for them and honestly, there's a selfishness to that too, because if their lives are good, my life is better. That's too, true. You know, and so yeah, ugh, it's reciprocal in if some I'm way. Admitting that, truthfully, there is there is a self interest in play there. But um, anyway, thank I you for sharing. I think you can that. use 
Like it's all one. So the one it's all right. You know, like wishing them better. Oh, you shouldn't feel tries. guilty yeah, yeah. for receiving the positive of your well-wishing of other people. Because, yeah, we there's only one we mind. Right, <laughs> right. And you know what? I'm it's wishing well for everyone. Yeah, I'm not exactly. like zero-summing that shit. No way. Uh, I, I know we have some limited time. So I just want to eyeball my notes and say okay. and see if there's anything I really wanted to get to about the book. Because I want to come back to that. And... um. Oh gosh, I have so many good notes. Well, I wanted to ask I you got about ghosts. Fifteen twenty. Okay, yeah. good. I wanted to ask about ghosts. I wanted to ask about serial killers, evil. You know, <laughs> aliens. Uh, and like you, one of the aliens are big right now. You know, or yeah. what non-human life or whatever we're calling it. Um, huh. uh, non-human biologics. But yeah, it, it, someone was asked about that. I can't remember who. And you just they said, "Would you love them?" You know. Yeah. And just yeah, coming yeah. back to love. That's my one little alien moment. I know <laughs> it is, and I singled it out. Yeah, if anybody's it. interested, it's on page 215. Yeah, um, let's see how to be compassionate, flipping from comparison to collaboration, uh, greed. You know, let me ask you about this. You mentioned prosperity, th prosperity theology, and I think that there's a lot. I've even talked about it on this show, and had some moments with it that have frustrated me, but there's a lot about manifesting wealth and our birthright and all these things like that. Like, what do you think when you see that stuff? Or it's, it's, uh, it is a little tricky. I think, um, you know, I'll, get, I'll go back to A Course in Miracles, which is one of my kind of go-tos in terms of sources of truth. Essentially, if you are seeking something in the world and with an extreme amount of intention, you're you're at risk for creating a barrier between you and God. So what I'm working on, because I'm interested in, essentially my goal is like my own entrepreneurial success in this incarnation. I, I want to not work at a big corporation at some point. And so, so yeah, I'm kind of, walking that tightrope, I guess, in, in a sense, in terms of leaning into what I'm really leaning into is the service aspect of it, not necessarily the self, um, you know, I don't need a boat, <laughs> but I do want the freedom of my time in order to be creative and be more intentional about service. So, you know, the way I'm kind of trying to frame it is like serving it, devotion, in a sense, um, you know, um, but it's, I don't have it figured out because I do think, you know, a course is pretty hardcore it, that essentially says, you know, it, 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 it's very sticky stuff that you can get caught up in. Ramakrishna has a, has an image where he says, you're playing with your little toy. You're like a little kid with your little toys. And when your mother walks in, the kid throws the toys and runs to the mother. He says, that's kind of like that, like just run to divine mother. Don't worry about the little toys, you know, they're just little, that's, that's all they are, you know? And so, yeah, I think, I think it's fine because of course also says money isn't good or bad money's nothing. It actually, because it doesn't exist, it's in the dream. So just what you don't want to do is just put the dream figures on the altar. That's all. Like, mm -hmm. I think you can still work towards it personally. I think you can still have goals and all that. I mean, I'm, I'm really into like Earl Nightingale right now, like old school. Um, Who's that? He's like an old school, like motivational kind of entrepreneurial success guy oh. from like 
the fifties or something. He's really great. Um, and it's about like kind of having intentionality about your work and, um, it's inspiring me cause I kind of come from Buddhist Hindu world of like, none of it all matters, man, you know, and now I'm a dad <laughs> in my mid thirties. I'm like, Hey, I want certain things of, of this incarnation. Right. Um, but at the same time, like, I'm just, I think my, my number one thing has to be connectional creator. It like, mm -hmm. it, it just, if I'm going to have any emphasis whatsoever on material success, like it has to be in service of the unity in service of the connection, you know, um, it, I don't, I don't think you have to be broke for God. You know, I don't think that that's, I think that that's a misread. Um, but I think that it, it, at the same time, it's also very easy to make that the focus and it just, that has to be the byproduct. Yeah. And then, I mean, for me, that leads back to surrender and just, yeah, sure. just being in that surrender space. Is that, that's pretty big for you or no? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so. Not my will, but I will. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get back to where we started with that bigger picture and just being in the moment. <laughs> yeah. 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 Coming yeah. back to the surrender. Yeah. The Tao. back to the, the surrender. The Tao. Yes. Well, there's so much in the book that we didn't get to talk about, but you did mention- you Let's know, do part two. I live here. Could we please? <laughs> I would love to. Yeah. And I think, you know, for the part two, too, I would love to even hear more about how you're evolving after writing this, like what's, what's oh, going cool. on with you, you know, yeah. like that always fascinates me when someone does create something yeah. like then what kind of growth are you experiencing? What kind of yeah. lessons are you experiencing? That'd be fun to talk about. I've, it really I've been journaling about all of that. Really? This one, so. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. It's and been, it's been busy, but good busy, you know? Yeah. I bet. Yeah, and yeah. then one of the reasons that we met was because I got invited to an event that you have been raising money to have a Spanish translation yeah. of this book, which I thought was so crucial for people. So much of the Spanish speaking population is Catholic or Christian. And right. like this talk about indoctrinated. Right. And so there's a lot of, yeah, there's definitely Spanish speaking, healthy Christian spiritual folks sure and at the same time i didn't mean to say that yeah yeah no no I'm, i just want to err on the side of yeah there's plenty of people that have a great time um but there's some that are looking and yeah you know want to break out and, and a friend of mine uh in Mon from monterey mexico um was one of the first guys to read this book he read it when it was a google doc wow so, about two years ago and he was one of the early kind of cheerleaders for it sweetly and it finished it and he goes not only was it really great, he goes, you have to translate this in Spanish because my grandmother has to read it. I was like, uh, okay, <laughs> put it, planting that seed universe. Yeah. And so, yeah. And my, my wife's Mexican American. Um, and my, you know, my in-laws are, um, of, of Spanish descent and Spanish speakers, uh, in, in South Texas. And so, um, I, I I'm, a, I'm, I'm the white guy in the familia basically mm -hmm. down there in Laredo. And I love, I love uh, my in-laws. Uh, they're great people, and so I. But I've seen I've seen a lot of the Catholic Catholicism firsthand, um, and you know, again, like I said, some of them really great spiritual relationships, um, and and a few of them, I think, in particular, the younger generation, um, just like white America. You know, it's like there's this there's this 
it's called deconstruction. This is deconstruction happening. And so, you know, I think this book is just a nice, you know, it's a nice tool in the toolkit of, of anyone, um, you know, anywhere that's trying to deconstruct, that's trying to question the religion of their upbringing. And, uh, and yeah, so, you know, Roman Catholics in the Latin American world, um, stay tuned yeah um, because there's a there is a spanish translation of original sin is a lie coming it's going to be called el pecado original es una mentira very nicely so, said very Good excited job. for that yeah it'll be great <laughs> you know the, i i'm excited for that and people can support that i want to put a link in the show notes where people can support that too if great. they want to yeah um and you what you just said is exactly it this is a great tool just to open your understanding like, and if you're, if anybody's hearing this and just wondering, yeah, I mean, I can't recommend it highly enough. I, I, I want to give it to my kids to read. One child has some religious upbringing. The other has literally none. Yeah. And that's been an interesting experiment on its own. <laughs> that's interesting. A friend of mine said, I need to write original sins alive for kids. Yeah. And I said, maybe it might be a different title. But, yeah. you know, yeah. I'll, oh, I think that that would I'll be get there. so cool. Yeah, <laughs> you got time. Yeah. And who knows what you're going to learn from your son, you know? Right. But I mean, like, my daughter was about six or seven, and she was like, who's Jesus? And I was like, whoa, <laughs> I think I dropped the ball somewhere <laughs> along the way. <laughs> but but also, she gets to make up her own mind in so many yeah. ways and doesn't face that deep indoctrination that I'm shocked to still see come up in myself. Yeah. And so, anyway, you just... Thanks. Yeah. And, and I did, you know, it's, I guess it's funny. I know we're kind of ending here. I, I, I didn't quite grow up in the like mm -hmm. hardcore tightness of it. And I, we were Easter Christmas Christians. It's yeah. like the fun term for Christians that go twice a year, um, on Easter and Christmas is mm -hmm. the only times we went to church. And, and that, that meant that I liked going because we didn't go, you know, my wife went six days a week, you know, and it's like, and a lot of Christians go yeah. a lot and um especially when you're young yeah. and that's you're really just it's a it's a lot um and so the fact i'm very grateful mm -hmm. for having that vantage point because that meant that i was able to come at it from an open mind that i was able to read eastern stuff very young and study it in college and kind of never stopped i've listened to audible on the way over here so yeah I, I you know i'm just obsessed with this stuff and it's my sincere intention to um you know help folks see the beauty of it well it's a service you're doing a service <laughs> right here and the Thank audio you. version is really great too you were kind oh, of enough to send me that so yeah i did uh listen to maybe the last three chapters ish and um really enjoyed hearing it from your voice Thanks. so yeah. you know it adds something plus you pronounce all these words correctly right so, right, right most of them uh bonus <laughs> most of them <laughs> i wouldn't know okay um so you know i think uh in closing i want to also just say if anybody's thinking about listening to this and you have a partner who might not be open to it this book seems um like a, a gentle a way of opening yourself up to that. Yeah, thanks. Would you agree I, think, with I think despite the title. Despite the title. The, the provocative right. title right. is really just marketing. Um, yeah, you know, I kind of figured actually. It, it basically, and, but that's good. That's good. It's a good thing. I, I think yeah. so. Yeah. There's like this little part of me that's like, I, you just had to sass it. But, <laughs> um, but 
but it's, you know, original sin is the idea that we're inherently dirty. And that's later. It comes from Augustine. Jesus doesn't say that again. Um, you know, what Jesus says is actually the opposite. He says, Luke 17, 21, the kingdom of heaven is within you. Um, and so the book is basically, yeah, it's, it's to say you're inherently good. You're not inherently dirty. You're inherently good. Here's what all the kind of different figureheads of these world faith traditions say. Here's kind of the newer angle on it. And, um, yeah, you, you ain't dirty. So right. come on in, in a gentle way. Um, and, and, a, and a friend of mine said, who started reading it was like, he goes, I'm so glad the book wasn't all just about debunking the concept of original sin. He's like, that's like basically just the first chapter. It really is. It really, <laughs> it gets, it I was kind of surprised too. That. And I was so, like, yeah. holy crap. Like I just, that's more, why yeah. I pushed the podcast too. I did not want to not read this. Once I realized that I was like, oh, I love this so much. Thank you. So yeah. 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 So happy to correct the, <laughs> I know. the context. Oh, uh, well, I'm so glad, glad I, can, enjoyed it. I can do my part to open more people up to it because I think it's just so important and wonderful. And um, anyway, I just uh, want to say thank you so much. Is there anything we missed or anything you really wanted to say that we didn't get to? Oh man, we covered so much. It was such a fun convo. Um, you know, I think the main theme of like, you're inherently good um, is that not to be like too Christian, but like God loves you. Um, you know, um, the love of creator is inescapable. That's a really common theme in mystic philosophy is like you, we've all made mistakes. We've all done the wrong thing. We've all acted in our own self-interest. We've all, you know, um, stood on the sideline of the thing when we should, you know, we've all done that. And the common trend across all these faith traditions, in particular, Jesus teachings is that you're, you're so loved. You're, you know, you're, you're, you're very, very beloved by, um, what can't be named this ineffable entity of joy and generosity and forgiveness and love, um, is crazy about you. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's, I'll just end it on that. Right uh, on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I kind of brought tears to my eyes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, thank you so much. Okay. How can everyone find you? And it'll all be in the show notes. Yeah. Um, um, Bob Peck, um, original sins com has kind of everything. Um, my hand, I'm mostly on Instagram and TikTok. Mm -hmm. Original sin is a lie. A original big old lie. Sin is a lie. <laughs> yes. It's easy to find and so good. And I'm just, uh, thank you so much. Thank you, Amy. Ah, uh, such an honor. And thank you next time. Until next time. Thank you everyone for being here and everything's in the show notes. And I really hope you'll read the book. Like I really, really <laughs> do. It covers so many things that are like big in my life and big in my heart. And it opened me up to a lot of things like A Course in Miracles, which I need to work on some more, but I'll get to it. It's part of my path. <laughs> <laughs> You're exactly where you I'm need to be with it. That's right. We're all exactly where we need to be. And the quicker we can give ourselves grace around that, the happier we're going to be in this very moment. How beautiful is that? I love you so much. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you to our guest today, Bob Peck. Thank you for being here. Till next time. This has been the Amy Edwards Show from Overcome Studios. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe. And thank you so much for being here. Sign up for our newsletter at amyedwards.com.